Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast, sponsored by Faith Guitars. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Mark Packham. I'm your host, Joe Branton. Jay Cross. I'm your... Hi. And Matthew Knight. Was Sebastian a lobster or a crab? He was a lobster. And anyway, on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about new guitars from Ernie Ball, ESP, and the next generation of digital amplification, as well as a load of Fender stuff that we haven't actually covered yet from uh, from this year's NAM. And we're going to be taking questions from the Guitar Nerds Facebook group to join the discussion. Follow the links in the description of this podcast or visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum now you're not really follow you're not really joining in with discussion though are you well you could yeah you are you could well yeah yeah you, you, you. i mean you barely join in with discussion. <laughs> um, discussion really what's happening here is me uh-huh. mark me and mark talk when? sometimes we defer to matt for guidance and then occasionally you tell us off for getting off topic i have jingles that's I've got you have what? Jingles. Oh, that sounds. I've that got, sounds. Isn't that no, no. really? Isn't, <laughs> I've got important discussion. <laughs> no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. According to the Disney website, official right. novelization and Disney sanctioned reference material, uh-huh. Sebastian is a lobster. Controversy remains over Sebastian's species due sea. to Sebastian stating he himself is a crab. He is a crab. As well as <laughs> Chef Louie indicating as such. In the Little Mermaid TV series, low, he is, ones. He is referred to. How on earth could I miss such a sweet little succulent crab? Caldemar, what a loss. Here we go in the sauce and some flour rising. Just a dab. Then I stuff okay, you with You can't bread. see anymore. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we'll, yeah, we right. will yeah. get Yeah, yeah, Carry we on. will get done. In the Little Mermaid TV series, he is also That's referred to canon. as a crab. That's not I mean, canon. So what you want, there's controversy about yeah, it. Yeah, is the We've TV got to represent both canon. sides of the argument, Jay. Fair and balanced mm. reporting. I don't agree with that. What I'm saying. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we, we need to, before we move on to the uh, the meat of this podcast. Uh, the of crab this meat. Podcast, the crab meat of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, we need to introduce our <laughs> new... Vegan. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's vegan uh, crab meat. Uh, we need to introduce our new patrons <laughs> oh. uh, for, for this week. So uh, thank you very much to Eric Hemmer, who joins us at the top tier. Matthew Spencer, Mark Nape. And EJ Caspers. I've taken a real bash at pronouncing that uh, nape. I think there are two K- silent K- K's in there. Right, okay. Yeah. But, so I'm, I'm going with that. Correct me, Mark, if I'm wrong. But I think I've done I've done pretty a pretty solid job there. Mark Packham. I don't no, know. no, no. Mark, Mark Nape. Okay. I, I think that's it. <laughs> it could be... It could be... Joke. Just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
Yeah, before we before we actually get into anything else, we're announcing a new run of giveaways starting this week as well because we've teamed up with friend of the podcast and all-round wonderful musician Mikey Demas of Skin Dread and Redbeard Effects to give away a Redbeard Red Mist Mark IV Overdrive pedal. Oh yeah, what's that? I've not uh, not heard anyone talking about that. Then. <laughs> well, there you go. It is one of the most wonderful Overdrive pedals released last year. The first pedal in the Redbeard in the Redbeard lineup. Um, followed on at NAM this year by the the wonderful double octave fuzz honey badger. But we're giving away the red mist. So as as before, when we've done giveaways, we're going to be announcing the winner right here on the podcast on the twenty sixth of February. Is there going to be another uh, spinny geezer? That yes, exactly. That's that. That's right. Uh, we're going to be using the um, I, the the wheel of Nerdune. Yeah, uh, let's go. Let's go for that to to decide oh, the winner right dear. here on the. Oh, it's kind of, yeah. Sorry, all the pre-planning here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, um, so entry is going to be opening to all listeners all over the globe, and there are a ton of ways you can enter. You can enter on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Patreon. You can even email us to enter, and there are even links in the description of this podcast on how to enter. All you've got to do is head over to your desired platform or all of them, find the post. Tag a friend who you think should also enter and answer this question. Name one piece of Redbeard merchandise that you can buy on the Redbeard website. Now, to find that answer, you'll have to visit redbeardfx.com. But yes, we will be... I hope he's upped his bandwidth. Yeah, exactly. They're he's both going to be, be on there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we're going to be answering... Uh, we're going to be uh, awarding that, uh, the, that mantle of victory in three weeks. Uh, right here on the podcast. Now, whew. if you Google image search for cartoon crab, right, uh, Sebastian comes up quicker in a Google image search for cartoon lobster than he does for cartoon crab. That's an excellent way of, of doing that. Yeah, to gauge mm. public perception. But you get to the second picture of Sebastian faster if you search cartoon crab than you do cartoon lobster. By that method, could we find out what's more what's more synonymous as a digital amplifier if we google digital amplifier is it a mustang gt by fender <laughs> no, or is it in, a boss I'm, I'm gonna put in guitar nerds and see who comes up first which one of us it'll be it'll, be, it'll be you i reckon it'll be one of those videos of you doing it uh no it's uh you and matt for the uh the demo for the tube overdrive one by luna stone <laughs> You mean Joe and Matt? Yeah, sorry, that's yeah, what yeah. I said. He it? said you. you said oh, you. I said yeah, yeah. yeah it's Joe the and Matt. I mean, I'm in the room with you, and I didn't know who you're talking about. The second yeah. one is Matt interviewing a geezer from MNHM. Who's that? M-N-H-M. That's a band. I think they were a band. Uh, they were um, at Tangent. Oh right. They, and he had a saxophone, maybe. Oh yeah, cool. That, that, that was, was cool. another band. Actually, oh, was it? Oh, okay. I can't remember what this one was. Anyway, no, that was the same band. Oh, was it? I want to say the band was called Mannheim. But... I think they were called yeah, Mannheim. I think that's what they were called too. Yeah. And well, then another picture is jo- uh, Mark talking about top five guitars, and then Joe playing some sort of absolutely horrific bass. Oh, is it the Warwick, Warwick bass? Oh, that was yeah. uh, that was when I went to Germany to the fun, Warwick factory. Fun fact about that photo. Uh-huh. Translucent background. Transparent background. Oh, yeah, you can do what you want. You can do what you want. It's, it's open season on that, that one. Now, that photo, I'm, I'm oh, playing, no. I'm, I'm playing a, a pink... I'm putting um, that in the Facebook group right fine. now. <laughs> Mate, that's totally fine. I'm playing a pink uh, Warwick buzzard. 
Um, that it's black it was, and white. This photo. Oh uh, yeah, it was a fantastic guitar. I got that was and when that was uh, your TC preset, right? That was right. I did that video How with many Tor. Times has it been downloaded? I don't know. I should I should ask <laughs> TC. I I think I downloaded it, so at least one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I did that video at at the Warwick factory with Tor from TC on my uh, on my shaker vibrato. Uh, preset, but <laughs> crikey, they were they were really struggling to find yeah. people to do presets on the vibrato, were they? They were like, this this dude's shaking probably from his hangover. <laughs> yeah. But it was good because I got to pick any bass in the whole of the factory to use. So, I and you chose that. the pink. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was another. There was another Warwick. There was a, yeah. There was a 1957P bass. <laughs> no, yeah. There was a 1960 jazz. I'd, there was I'd a play a Warwick. There buzzard. was a mid 70s EBO. No, yeah. There was nothing like that. It was obviously all Warwick stuff. But but uh, there, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. There was there was one other Warwick buzzard that was like a graffiti finish, and it was it was fretless and un unlined fretless, but it also didn't have any dot markers. So it's literally just like playing a trombone. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that buzzard was not pink, Joe. It was like candy apple red. I'm watching no, the video. It was a vibrant. Right now. It was a, it, that's color correction on that video. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was a vibrant um, pink. I like the two comments here. Are the only gigging bass you'll ever need? <laughs> and <laughs> who is this Bo? Who is this Bo Banton ripoff? <laughs> the, uh, the two comments on that what, video. What date are those comments? Um, were those comments posted? They are two years ago. Yeah. Wow, Great. two whole years ago. <sighs> and then, uh, oh, there's some more comments on Facebook. Uh, that's proper bow. Uh, <laughs> isn't this the dude from Gak? Uh, <laughs> that's someone awesome not in on the joke <laughs> and dancer at the same time. Someone actually put awesome player and dancer. Were they? We what? Knows <laughs> Mark nearly spat his drink. I out did. Then. I really struggled with that one. <laughs> uh, yes. Well. Anyway, that that was fun times, and I do like a Warwick Buzzard. If they were more affordable, I would definitely play one. They they look very cool. How much are they? Oh, you can, I think you can only get them at. You know, on the Warwick site, Warwick and Framer site, they do everything in tiered, so you can have like a. I can't remember the exact name. <laughs> I've been in tears with that one. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they have like a they have a sort of master built, team built, and then um, you know there's there's a, a grade below that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the I think the buzzard along with a couple of other models is only available on the absolute top tier, which is such a shame because I think also at that top tier at the moment is the Jack Bruce base, which is Warwick's take on a on an EBO or an SG style base, which is absolutely lovely but now unfortunately whilst it did used to be available as the rock baseline which i think is their their affordable um non-german made line of guitars it is now only available in that top tier which means you know you're looking at sort of three four thousand pounds i mean some of those warwicks and the framers guitars really go up i mean a fantastic website for looking at some absolutely incredible works of art but yeah, I can't really? figure out how to use their website to the get website, to the website. The website does look like it was made quite quite some years ago, sort of you know internet inception time. But once you've once you've worked out how to navigate your way around the website, the the tiering's quite obvious. You you sort of pick the the body shape and then the yeah uh, yeah, and no, I get it now. The available tier. Yeah, it looks like basically only available in custom shop. That's yeah. the only way you can get mm, a buzzard. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking for a price. I mean, what? they probably won't 
Have you seen for seven, a custom shop? Seven thousand nine hundred and thirty-nine euros. Yeah, that's that's. It. So the other the other thing that I really want is the Jonas Helborg uh, base, which you can get on there, uh, which is as as deep as a one seven five, but it's solid. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's made out of uh, I, wood. I, yeah, it did. At, at that, I'm I'm not sure. So it, they come with a flame top. I don't know what the wood is that they use for the body, but it's. I mean. It must have been over, like over twenty pounds. The one that that I, is that I had. absolutely ridiculous. It's it's completely ridiculous. So it just has one. You can have there are varying pickup configurations now. I think, but the the original one that they made, which was the one I played in Germany, uh, was the prototype for him, and it, it just has one jazz bass pickup in the bridge. So, so it's a it's a it's a bass made out of the most dense amount of material ever. So it's already just incredibly. Uh, I don't uh, incredibly not that resonant. I know the idea was for it to be very resonant, but I felt that it was just such a. It's uh maple. It's maple. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it's it's not. Uh, there is a hollow version that you can get, but it was originally right fine. solid. So I think the ones that are available to buy are like a hollow body. So they're it's maple top, back, and sides. It will have a massive center block if it if it is because he really didn't want a hollow but the whole story of um of the jonas helborg base and how he designed it because he's an engineer himself and he designed it very much yeah with, yeah. with borick he really wanted it was a deliberate attempt to get that sound and i think probably that that prototype being well over 20 pounds made him back out of that right. sort of weight decision and they probably added some you know some hollow element but certainly the center block is probably absolutely massive the only one it seems that is available to buy right now is the warwick master built hellborg mm, signature six, four string six thousand uh, pounds isn't no, it? no 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 it is, is it? uh french violet transparent high polish oh yeah it's pink basically oh yeah i did see this one Twelve thousand one hundred nineteen euros <sighs> such a shame because i i really want one i would absolutely play one but they're all like the cheapest you see them come up is six thousand yeah i just want them to make a standard model i guess that's the thing though isn't it like They've got a bit of a kind of captive audience, really. Like, oh, if you yeah. want that bass, they can charge you whatever well, yeah, they absolutely. want for it. Yeah. There's some um, fans- do you know much about Jonas Helborg? I, I mean, I, I actually don't, other than listening to a bit of his music after I got into his bass and, of course, his, his amplifier range that he also makes through Warwick. Go on, give us a little bit of a download. So I was just having a look on here. He has released a lot of records, um, yeah. a lot of records under his own, uh, you know, as, as band leader, is Wikipedia says. Um, and but he's also done a load of uh, kind of I guess you'd call it session work. He's played with a bunch of people. He did a did a record or two with Ginger Baker by the looks of things. Oh, that's cool. Um, he also played on a Public Image Limited record. Really? Okay. Yeah, he played on the fifth Public Image uh, Public Image li- Limited record, it's which was called Album, um, where he played bass and Steve Vai played guitar. Okay, wow. <laughs> which seems very weird. Oh, and Ginger Baker played drums. I had no idea about this. I bet this record is absolutely bonkers. I'm going to listen to this tomorrow. I bet it's absolutely mad. Um, but it also goes on to say that he, before he was doing, uh, before he was a you know famous musician or whatever, he was in the first three seasons of the Swedish television show Hem Till Bin. Uh, which 
translates to home to the village. And from what I can tell, this is basically uh, Emmerdale, Swedish Emmerdale. And it has run uh, from, it started in 1971 and continued through until 2006. Okay. I like the fact here that, sorry, go on, Jake. I was just going to say, he was in the first three seasons and then um, didn't do anything for 15 years, except for in season four, he came back where he explained that he hadn't been on the show because he'd been off becoming a famous bass player. Oh, (laughs) that is it. That is fantastic. That is absolutely wonderful. Good old boy. I love it. That's fantastic. Very into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, listener, if if you haven't spent much time kind of on the Warwick or the Framus website, it's not just you know I could go on and talk about like the Lee Sklar bases or the the Dolphin bases that they've got back in in their in their pro shop at the moment that look absolutely incredible. But but actually, the the Framus site itself is is fantastic at the moment, and not just if you're into modern stuff. They've got this vintage five fifty one studio, um, which is like a uh, what was that fellow who had the the Epiphone and everyone got into no cutaway thin hollow James bodies bay. james bay they did their own james bay style thing they've brought out the mayfield which is their version of like a 335 okay um which is available on the on the framer stuff but uh yeah they're just doing for the first time you know in a long time again framers have started doing really cool uh, retro vintage stuff as well. Sorry, that's Framus, awesome. not Warwick, right? Yeah, Framus. Right, okay. That's yeah. So you just Googled, <laughs> I realise why you're laughing now. You Googled Mayfield Warwick. I, I Googled Warwick Mayfield, and what came up is Mayfield Primary School in Warwick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I'm, I think I need to turn my computer off. Right, yes, yes, do that. But um, uh, the, 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 the Panthera 2 Supreme is is an especial favourite of mine from uh, um, from from Framus, which also is also my favourite Thundercat. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. He was you know he was always chill and on the level. He, yeah, he never, yeah, You know, he nice blue pants he wore. Great as well. blue pants, yeah, indeed. Exactly. Anything and else? You got anything he else? He had like for a sir? chest piece. Okay, like a like a. Like a it was like lederhosen, but uh, it was you know, it was a uh, like, like a, a utility leotard. thing. Oh, like was a, it a leotard? Yeah, yeah. I reckon mm. like all of these eighties cartoons, it absolutely does not stand up anymore. Thundercats still really good. I bet it's not, He-Man, man. dreadful. He-Man, very bad. Tell you what else stands up really well: the real Ghostbusters. Still really good. I've watched a fair bit of it recently, and have you ever seen the real good. Ghostbusters? Have you ever seen real Ghostbusters? Um, God damn it! The the ones that hold up well from that era, absolutely. Thundercats and real Ghostbusters. I liked. I I went for a phase. This isn't eighties, but nineties. I went for a phase of rewatching X Men. Still the good cartoon, and that was good. Yeah, that still holds up. That was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Thundercats what? had overarching story, much like the X Men. What was uh, the Spider Man one where Spider Man had sidekicks and they were like ice man and fire man woman <laughs> fire star i think it was fire star and ice man Iceman. i don't know dave iceman was it like an offshoot of avengers David or something <laughs> i don't know oh it doesn't matter if no one else knows it, it was the only spider-man i was ever privy to anyway spider-man. back to spider-man, Spider-Man. yeah yeah like, like fireman or policeman <laughs> Peter, he's Peter. a spider-man, <laughs> what, spider-man. what do you want to be when you grow up spider-man <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to. 
I wanted to talk about this famous Panthera 2 Supreme because Why? it is. Why because, do you want guys, to talk about it's it? awesome. Have you, are you guys looking at it right now? Famous Panthera. So, if, so I'm, not, I'm looking at Spider-Man Supreme. TV shows. Yeah, of course you are. So if you go onto the Framus website, you go into their master built selection, you'll find the uh, the Panthera 2 Supreme, which is a double neck, 12 string acoustic and six what? string electric. The one that I'm looking at on uh, this retailer website isn't that at all. No, yeah, that's why I, I, I said go on to the Framus website. I see. Um, I kind of stopped listening when you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Well. They, yes. The Panthera is is essentially like a single cut Les Paul esque sort of offset Les Paul model, but they do have available right now in their um in their custom shop in their master built custom shop a half acoustic twelve string half sort of Les Paul style single cut six they, string. They make some bonkers guitars. Oh yeah. I they wish do. I could have seen them at, at Nam. They do have some. Yeah, absolutely bananas custom shops. Yeah, there's some amazing. I really stuff. like the Devon Townsend. What the Stormbender? The the Stormbender, which is in like a in rainbow finish, with a like a rainbow triangle on it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Ridiculous. Yeah, I, I like it. I like rainbow guitars. They they absolutely make some fantastic stuff. I don't think um, that uh, Framus have the the reputation they ought to they should be more they should they should have a, they should be more in the mainstream than they are i think with the quality instruments that they build and you know how how incredibly cool some of them are there is currently on their master built there's their um their xg which is their sg style it's kind of an offset sg style single p90 in the bridge black um gold binding gold uh bigsby uh, yeah, single P90. Oh, that's that's everything you want in a. In There's a, a lot going on. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot going on with all of these. Yeah, they're incredibly cool. Um, now, I guess, uh, I guess at this juncture, we should probably aim to um, aim to get through some news. News. So, Jay Cross, we never actually managed to last week finish off all of the Fender stuff that we were talking about. No. <laughs> was that a question? Yeah, it was a question because oh, there okay. were some other really cool things. I that didn't have hear come the out. duck. I didn't realise it was a question. No, yeah, no, question. Sorry. The question duck will be will be here <laughs> later. He's going to usher in that part. I've got this down now. It's news oh, okay. first. Question duck comes later. Okay, it's the question duck's fault. He's eager, but I'm not going to let him out of the cage this time. What? He's going <laughs> to. Well, give it a duck in a cage. No, feed him oranges through the bars. Good anyway, uh, I want to talk about some of the uh, the cool <laughs> Fender stuff that's come out. Let's start with the least cool. So the uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the expanded Acoustasonic range. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So um, that you know the the thoughts of Joe Branton do not necessarily <laughs> reflect those of uh, the Guitar Nerds Company. Uh, the Guitar Nerd. Well, anyway. Um, the Acoustasonic Strat. So this kind of came out of nowhere uh, for, you know, people like you. I knew about it, obviously. But um, it's... That's good. Good start. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what can I tell you? <clears throat> I'm, uh, you know, I know stuff, Matt. I know stuff. Um, but yeah, so Acoustasonic Strat, five, uh, ten sounds built into it. Right. Uh, so it's not just a telecast. It's not just the Acoustasonic Tele in a Strat shape. It is a totally redesigned pickup configuration oh right yeah yeah so, so what, what did the telly different. have how many pickup configurations did the telly have it, i think it also had 10 so basically right. it's a five-way selector switch 
and then there is a uh, the tone knob blends between oh, two sounds. Yeah. And so this has got I think it is ten new sounds. I'm not completely sure to be honest with you. Um, but the um one of the sounds, one of the new sounds that's in there is a overdriven electric guitar. <laughs> Whereas oh, right. before there was just a clean electric guitar. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it sounds really good. It sounds really, really good. Uh, the first time I heard it actually in real life, we just had it plugged into a uh, just a portable PA. Right. It's one of the Fender Passport things. And um, just straight into that, no modeling, no preamp or anything. It sounded amazing. Like really genuinely very, very good. That's cool. Um so, yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's a huge amount of point of us going through the pickup positions because, like you say, I mean, you're barely hanging on to interest as I go through no, this. No, I as actually it is. think this I, looks completely I fantastic. Really, I actually really want to try one because I've not tried the, obviously, you haven't been able to get the tellies anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to try. I, I, I really liked the video that, that Fender put out as well with like two fellas. Yeah. Um, two fellas really like kind of going through the sounds yeah yeah, yeah. exactly but... and uh, <laughs> you're right joe yeah yeah okay good i just i just wondered where joe was going for that one yeah that um all. you know we are where we are um yeah no it's it's genuinely very very cool i i think that the strat is uh, I'm, i mean i prefer the look of the strat to the telly i think the kind of uh you know the the curves that you would normally associate with a strat look more At natural home. on yeah, this than I they agree. than they do on the telly. Uh so yeah, I I really like it. I think it's uh, I think it's a very very cool and it, this one it comes in red which looks really nice. I think it looks uh yeah, very cool. And still comes in that pastel green that they did before as well. Uh it's a different green. I think this is a is it a surf green? I feel like it's a surf or a sea foam. Uh it is uh neither of those it's trans sonic blue. All oh, right, there you go. Uh the <laughs> it was a green on the telly. So yeah. the colors it comes in are uh two uh three tone sunburst, uh black, natural, Dakota red and transonic blue. I think the red looks the best out of all of those. Right. Uh so yeah, I like like you say it's they're borderline impossible to get a hold of. Yeah. They're basically all really specific product. It's it's so strange, isn't it? Like such an expensive sort of modeling acoustic mm. in in if you think about the legacy of those type of guitars that I know they have nothing to do with them other than in shape, but when Fender last did Strats and Tellys shaped acoustics, yeah. it was kind of, well, this is a gimmick. Yeah, and, I and mean it's, yes. It's, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's amazing that these ones have managed to kind of throw off that. I know they're a completely different thing, mm-hmm. but people are taking them very seriously. As you say, no one can get hold of them. They, yeah. They're $2,000 a pop, these yeah. guitars, and people are still, you know, they, they've obviously fallen into a niche very, very quickly. I mean, I think helped by people like Jack White. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, on. I think the thing is, is that they're, the the guitars ended up in the hands of people who understood what they were yeah. and took them seriously, and therefore they sort of jumped off on, jumped off on the right foot yeah uh and i agree i think jack jack white getting one and kind of making it his own i think it kind of showed that the guitar was more than just it was still a fender guitar and fender guitars are made to be sort of you know modded and you know you can do weird stuff with it and that's what he did um and yeah i mean i i think it's i think they're very cool they sound great you know it was the the sort of the remit that where this came from was Andy Mooney, the CEO, basically said, like, look, let's make an acoustic guitar how Leo Fender would have made an acoustic guitar. 
if he had, you know, focused on that. As in trying to push boundaries. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, it still had to have the six in a line headstock as opposed to doing the, like, with the Paramounts that came out over the last mean. few years ago. They were sort of three aside. And, um, yeah, you know, this is kind of a modern acoustic guitar. And uh, I was supremely sceptical yeah. uh, when I first heard <laughs> about it. But, you know... They're made in. Uh, they're made in the the Corona factory in California. They're made. It, it's they're on their own kind of production line. I think there's a handful of people in there. Right. It's essentially a custom shop that, yeah. where they're being made, and uh, it's it's really astonishing. It really is astonishing. So yeah, it's. I, I think everyone is surprised at how well they've done. Yeah. And um, you know, I've spoken to people who've just said like, look, I just can't live without it anymore. Um, a friend of kind of all of ours from when we worked at GAC, uh, John Watts, who used to play in the band Fisher Zed back yeah. in the, well, can still continues to play. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I mean, he continues to play in the yeah. band Fisher Zed. He, uh, I bumped into him in Brighton uh, six months ago or so, and he was like, I bought one and I had to buy another one because I couldn't risk like something <laughs> happening to one. And he's on tour, like he's on tour half the year. Right, yeah. And he's like, I couldn't risk not having it. So he bought a second one wow. and he's just like, that's, that's it. That's what he uses now. And you know, that's a geezer who's been playing live for, you know, pushing 50 years. It's, yeah, um, you know, playing in like kind of a punk band. So it's, yeah, it's mad. But anyway, that's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop going on about that. Um, probably something that you'll find more interesting is, uh, the best kept secret, uh, guitar Fender ever brought out, which is the Jim Root Jazzmaster, the new Jim Root Mexico built Jazzmaster. Oh yeah, which uh, he announced on his uh, on his Instagram about I don't know fifteen years ago, <laughs> seemingly. <laughs> um, well, wasn't there that um, there was that really weird like um, video that? Well, I say weird video. It was a video that came up. It was like an unknown kind of YouTuber just reached out to him on instagram said hey can i come and film your rig and he went sure why not and i think he was like showed it and talked about it on there and that was like well over a year ago yeah 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 it and seems everyone was like who's the dude interviewing him for a start but yeah i don't know it just sort of i think everyone's been waiting for it for quite some time so is this mexican made now yes it is yes so uh, this is a it, and, yeah are there any other differences uh so it's just volume uh it's a I think it's just a three-way selector. And the other thing is, is their new Jim Root Demonium EMG pickups. But okay. the pickups are like Zebra pickups. So, yes. yeah, yeah. so the pickups actually look quite old school. But are they active? Course. They are active. Okay. Yeah, they're, still oh, EMG, okay. they're still EMG active. Uh, uh, yeah, they are inspired by a set of modified retroactive pickups. Perloid block inlays as well on this one. So this is definitely the most classic looking Jim Root. They've always looked guitar. good. Jim they Root have guitar. always, oh, no, no, always yeah, looked they good. They always look good. I just mean yeah. this is a classic looking. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. one doesn't actually look modern. It looks 80s kind of if if anything. Well, um, I, mean, uh, I mean there's not that much to it. I mean obviously it's got the block inlays, but you know it's still that matte finish and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. What's pricing on it? Uh, twelve hundred quid or something, I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. Right. Actually, oh, to be okay. with yeah, you. yeah. Pricing is one one three nine in pounds, and then one one three nine. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, one one three nine and one three nine nine in US dollars. That's cool. I'm and into it. It comes in a case. What well, is the is um, fretboard radius? Twelve inch. Twelve. Okay, cool. That's kind of what I've because I quite like. If I was ever going to go down the route of getting something like that, a the more route. yeah, the gym, <laughs> the gym route of uh, getting something more like that. The thing that I like about like Charvels and stuff is that slightly flatter radius, um, and. 
that's obviously they've taken some inspiration from those next when they were building all the gym root stuff. Did we talk about uh, you know when I was talking about the uh, HM strats last week? Yeah. Did I tell you about the fingerboard radius on that? They're the other way. Yes. It's practically the other way. No, they're 17 <laughs> Yeah, that's inch. what I mean. It's yeah, yeah. practically No, that's even concave. flatter. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so flat. Yeah, yeah, it's bonkers. Absolute bonkers. Guitar Nerds is brought to you in association with Faith Guitars. Based right here in the UK, Faith Guitars are designed by British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle, who has been hand-building guitars for decades for some of the biggest names in the business. Founded in 2002, Faith Guitars have been voted the UK's best acoustic guitars five times in a row by both the public and panels of music industry experts, so you can be confident in your new Faith Guitar. Like all quality acoustics, Faith Guitars are made of all solid tone wood, so you can be sure they'll start off sounding great and improve year on year. Faith don't use laminated woods. But you'll be pleased to know that despite the all solid tone woods, the superb specification and handmade construction, Faith Guitars are still affordable, with prices starting at around £450 or US$600. Discover the range at faithguitars.com and then visit one of the many UK or European retailers to try them for yourself. But hold up! If you're in the USA or Canada, you can buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com and by using the coupon code NERDS at the checkout, you can get an exclusive 10% discount. So, in the UK and Europe, check out the guitars at your local dealer or faithguitars.com. But for North American listeners... Buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com and use the coupon code NERDS for a special 10% off at the checkout. That's USA coupon code NERDS at the checkout. Faith Guitars, award-winning acoustics, designed right here in the UK. It's like a classical guitar. Yeah, but not Sure. Yeah, it's not a classical guitar. Yes, no, you're correct in that. Um, I'm into this in a big way. Yeah, like Jim you say, the, the Jim Root stuff has always been really good, and it's always been yeah. very different. And I think that he, he, and you know, there's a few people in terms of kind of modern metal guitar players. I think Jim Root's definitely one. I'd say John Five. He's is definitely another. a modern metal, metal guitar player. And, yes. uh, ben Vyman as well from uh, Dillinger Escape Plan. In terms of bringing classic-looking guitars into modern metal yeah uh, and you know you we talk about when when you guys when we were still at gack went to that weird festival that weird metal mm. festival that was down on the beach yeah yeah it was on the beach it was at the race course oh, okay and uh that was all that was all like telecasters and stuff wasn't it yeah it was, it's like that it, wouldn't have happened without jim root doing that yeah there was there were loads of jim root tellies, so right? many jim root tellies at that uh that festival it's mad didn't if it? it wasn't jim root well, tellies I mean, it was um, jim root strats right if you, um, I don't know if anyone saw the kind of rig rundown with Lee Melia from Bring Me the Horizon, mm-hmm. and it's all just like I just like Les Pauls. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. like Les Pauls. It's like Firebirds, and you know, all that sort of. It's just like normal, quite like normal body. <laughs> normal guitar. It's just normal guitars. Just normal shapes, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. His signature models are an RD, a uh, Explorer, and a Les, Les Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like super simple, just like classic. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. And the other thing, the other kind of big thing, I guess, that we didn't really get to talk about is the new guitars in the player series. And I, I mean, to be honest with you, if there had been a, 
normal news week, this would have been this would have taken up half the episode. So I'm just going to kind of blitz through it. Basically, the uh, what was the Offset series? Uh, so the Mustangs and Geosonics and Mustang bases have all been rolled up into the player series they've been of, enveloped they have yes that's good because the offsets came shortly before didn't they they were before, before the players, players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. nice to see those rolled into the players to keep it keep it coherent yes absolutely and uh basically there is uh, there are uh ss geosonics and hs geosonics oh this is very cool and this is very the, cool the thing is is that the the one in particular for me is there's a there's a desert sand geosonic and it's it's that's the original, that is the original offset. You know that's that's the one that was 1954. Looks I think. really good. As well. It looks amazing. They, they yeah. all look amazing. I mean, I do think 56. Sorry. More, more importantly than that, I think is the fact that there is a there is now a burgundy mist Mustang 90. In, uh, yes, in the range. and then so that's the Geosonics, and then in the Mustangs again, there is uh, there are SS Mustangs and P90 Mustangs. Um, and they're great. You know, I've got one of the, uh, I've got one of the, um, the Mustangs in the, one of the FSR ones in shell pink. Would you rather have a, a Duosonic than a Mustang? No, I, uh, would I rather have a Duosonic than a Mustang? Uh, what's I the difference? Know. Can someone explain? So uh, Duosonic is a different shape. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, a, they're a very slightly different shape. Uh, the, um, waste is more pronounced on a Mustang than it is on a Geosonic. Oh, yeah. Also, Mustangs, I guess, usually have trim. Usually have a trim. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, what's, the, what's on these? They're uh, hardtail. Right, got so it. So right. very little difference yeah, between yeah, this yeah. and the uh, the Geosonics. Different uh, colours oh, available. Get the, Different colours. The bigger and... headstock on the Mustang and the smaller 60s one on the Geosonic. Right, okay. Yeah, that... Uh, I think I prefer the Geosonics. The Geosonics great, especially that one in, in Desert Sand. I mean, do you remember there, there used to be... There was a Squire. Was it a Squire? It, it was, was yeah. a Squire. That one, that guitar was, was so fantastic. good. We sold loads of them when we were at GAC. It was so good. I remember there was, there was that... And at, at that same time, Fender were also doing the 
uh, Jay Mascus is that the right person? Jay Mascus still yeah. still in they still had available that in white with a with a gold and an and yeah, a nice yeah, plate yeah. on that and that was a Jazzmaster and at the yeah. same time they were doing the fifties P bass that you could get in Honey Blonde okay. with a gold and a dice plate and oh yeah. it's such a great combo with Maple Necks as yeah. well it's just such yeah, a yeah. cool look but yeah that that for me I think it's great that that's back in the catalog because that really is it's such an iconic guitar in terms yeah. of. Uh, sort of foreshadowing what was to come right. uh so yeah i i think it's uh i think it's great and uh yes like you say the p91 is available in burgundy mist yes exciting times the mustang bases as well oh yeah cool. sorry yeah i forgot expanded uh, also... color range shall i just everybody else can just turn down their volume for a minute i'm mm, just gonna mm, speak to joe for mm, a sec mm. um joe there yes. is also some uh pj Mustang bases in vintage tint natural. Yeah, that does actually look very <laughs> cool. That with, with a dark torque guard. Yeah, it looks uh, it amazing. Looks really, really cool. Yeah, really very good. Very cool. Really good. Um, we'll be answering a question specifically, kind of, uh, I guess, about this range later on when the question duck is allowed out. Okay. Yeah. There you go. But yes, these are very exciting. I think. Um, I think awesome. I'm very, very glad to see the Offset series take a, a real sort of solid, long term position in the Fender catalog. In you the know? player range, yeah. Yeah, because as as the Offsets, it was kind of like, well, this is something that Fender can could discontinue, and it, it, we we might be yeah, left yeah, without yeah, yeah. them for a while. And the the player series now is is massive, you know, because the the leads fell into the player series. Yeah. Uh, the lead two and three fell into the play series, and of course, there's all the strats and tellies and jaggers and jazz masters and everything. So it's um, it really it's seems a real be, neat little selection. It's a really smart move, just having this affordable line of guitars that now more or less is kind of taking up most models that Fender have ever made, and having an option for everything at at that price point. I think is fantastic. Yeah, I'm just holding out for the swinger. Yeah, yeah, aren't we all? I was yeah. just thinking that as well. That's the that's the last one that we need, really. Is the last one? It's probably not the last one that we need. Did they? What happened I need with those, Defender Five? What happened with those Japanese-made ones? I don't know. I don't think any of them. Don't think that any of them made it outside of Japan. Okay, interesting. I don't think so. Well, there we go. That's the that's the next project, Jay. It's the next thing you got to fight for in the office. My right to party. Yeah. My right to swing. To, swing yeah, your right to swing. I want to have a swinger party. Yeah. 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 In the yeah. office. So is that is that everything from Fender? That's pretty much that's pretty much. What do you mean? Is that everything? It's been three weeks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, mate. People have turned off. Yeah, sorry. We are going to talk about some more Fender stuff next week, but let's move on. Let's talk about some other things because there's other cool things that have happened. Can I talk about something? Yeah, you can talk about something, Mark Pack. And why don't you talk about something? I will. I do want to talk about something. So Ernie Ball strings, um, specifically slinkies. for years, obviously, there was only what, like five gauges or something. Reg extra slinky, yeah, super slinky, super slinky. Hybrid, hybrid slinky, regular, yeah, power and beefy, skinny top heavy bottom. No, skinny top heavy not, bottom. Uh, this before we oh, got okay. to beefy, so that's what six. And then what beefy and, then there and was, not even. What then, do I use? Not then even. There was not beefies even. and not evens. Yeah. So they came what maybe twelve years ago, fifteen years ago, something it's like that. Beefy uh, purple. No, power is power. power is that's what I use. Beefy's like yeah, eleven orange. to forty-nine, eleven to right. forty-eight, um, no, just I for think base. So. And then uh, oh, okay. fifty to one. And then last year we got mammoth. Uh, no, oh yes, we did. But before that, ultra and burly. Yes. Then primo, mega, and mammoth. 
But they these were all like half sets, aren't they? They they introduced their point five. I mean, what else are you going to do with it? Well, I know. Yeah, of course, of course. And then it's like they're all different versions of like light top, heavy bottom, heavy top, light bottom. You know, I mean, again, what else what are they going to do? With do it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but- I think go heavier. Who said 13's the heaviest string you can possibly get? They do a set of baritones. They do the baritone slinkies. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, fine. And they, you know, there's there's seven, and I assume they do eight string. I can't, don't know if they did them when I was still at the shop. Well, I'll tell you what they do is a whole new brand, a whole brand new range of strings. The Turbo, Mondo, Skinny Top, Beefy Bottom, and Mighty Slinkies. Right, okay, talk um, us through them. Turbo and Mondo, or Turbo Mondo? No, to not Turbo Mondo. <laughs> turbo and Mondo. So, Turbo Slinkies, 9.5 to 46. Right. So, I thought they already had something in 9.5. So they go in between regular Slinkies and hybrid Slinkies. Um, they already have a 9.5. Uh, they probably do, but this is to 46. Right. Uh, that might be nine and a half to 42 and a half, maybe, the other one. Anyway, so Turbo Slinkies, nine and a half to 46. Mondo Slinkies, ten and a half to 52. Um, ideal for those who don't want to go to 11s, but want to chew lower without things getting flappy. Uh, if you're looking to move to thicker gauges, the new Magnum Slinkies, yes. 12 to 56, with a wound 22. I cannot wait, believe they called they... the Magnum. Wait, wait. Can you double check for me what not even is in that case? Cause... 13 to 56. 12 to 56. So what are these? These 12... are 12 to 56, but with... Okay, 13 to 56. No, no, no. They, they are 12 to 56, because that's what yeah, Tim but these plays. Have, these have a, a wound, wound G. G. Right, is that... So the other ones don't have a wound G. Would you want a wound G? Yeah, if you're playing... Yes. Uh, yeah. If you don't want to Otherwise, do like, bending like and stuff. Otherwise, it's like playing steel rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Real doesn't rod. seem to mind... Well, he's, he's a, left-handed. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he plays his upside opinion. down. Yeah. They do all sorts of weird stuff. Do you think stuff. I should get him he's, magnums? He likes you. Should I, I mean, get... Yeah, yeah well, he's true. got no... He can't judge anything. Can't trust him. Should I get him magnums we just have instead to hang of out not even? Yeah, like yeah. You. Basically, what you need to do is... Uh, the best place to buy these actually is in the pharmacy. Just pop in there and just say like, yeah, can I get <laughs> oh, really? an extra large magnum, please? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They sell them in pharmacy. Oh, I'll go down tomorrow. Right, yeah. They've got they've got a deal with... I'll see if they can... Because he likes it when he can get a multi-pack of them as well. Yeah. I'll see, see what the largest amount of, of magnums is that I can buy. I'm sure I can go through that quickly, though. Skinny top, <laughs> beefy bottoms are 10 to 54s, um, which would be... What are skinny top, heavy bottoms normally? 10, 10 to 52. 52. So, yeah, heavier Jay, bottom why end. do you know this off the top of your head? Every he loves like accessories. No accessories. I don't, I, like, king of the accessories, mate. Yeah, that's, that's me. True, yeah. You can also get skinny top, beefy bottoms in a seven-string set, which adds a 62 bottom on there. Nice. Um, on the lighter side, there are mighty slinkies, eight and a half to 40. Wow. Yeah. What? Have they released a seven... A- any Ugh. gauge sevens? Uh, I don't know if they've ever done a seven because that if was you really remember, high pitch. If you remember, that was what no. was on the. Um, that wasn't what was on it. But sorry, Matt, I know you're about to correct me. I'm gonna tr- take a step back. Billy Gibbons uses sevens. Yeah, but what was on his Les Paul was eights because he thought nobody would buy a guitar that had sevens on it. Thing is, they can't do a set of sevens because people would google seven strings and then just get seven string sets instead sh- is that the uh traditional reason why they but yeah 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 it did yeah google yeah, back in the 60s google um they're also that was mighty slinkies eight and a half to forties uh which sits somewhere between super slinkies and extra slinkies plus also hyper slinkies eight to forty twos uh which basically are a 
I think they'd normally be, what, 8 to 40s? 8 to 38. 8 to 38. So these are basically a skinny top, heavy bottom for eights. Um, <laughs> why you'd want that, I've no what, idea. But I'm sure that? someone will. The thing is about strings and all these mad gauges and stuff, you can never do enough gauges because there'll yet. always no. be someone who'll come in and go, oh, have you got any 8 to 80s? Yeah, I've got this. I've got, I play in this weird way. Yeah, I how- need... Eight how, to eighty. How can how can they do all this and not do thirteens? Well, I tell you what, well, they you, do make thirteens. No, they don't. Only ball make thirteens. No, of they, don't. they do. No, yes, they don't. They do. No, they don't. Those are mammoths, aren't they? No, they don't. No, mammoths are twelves. Oh, I know right, they okay. don't do thirteens because because that's what Tim went to them and asked for. Well, I'm going to look now. Well, you could buy a. Could you not buy a set of seven string regular slinkies because the. Know. Uh, on a set of maybe on like a because well, on a set of regular slinkies the B is a yeah. thirteen. Well, that's that's what until until Tim started using Newtone strings because they were making a custom set. He was having to buy I can't remember what it was. It was something like a yellow set and I hate it when Joe's right. Even. So annoying. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, I only know because we had to ask because. Because What's the gauge on the uh, regular seven string? So I'd need to look at that. But the heaviest well, six I mean, string is look at it. 12 to 62. Um, I'll have a look on the seven string. They don't show it on this page. I'll go to a different page, which is why I said I wasn't going to look at it. Uh, yeah, I, reckon that, I reckon that they are... Extremely annoying. What does he use? So 13 well, to... Well, no, no, not anymore. So now oh, he uses... Okay. He, so we're trying to solve something. Well, that... well he sometimes he has one guitar that is that is 12 to 56, but the, the other guitar, which is in new standard tuning, because yeah. that tunes in approximate fifths. Yeah. So What do you mean approximate fifths? So it's not the whole way up. So it's... It's, it's no, uh, no, from no. from high to <laughs> it's not the whole way up. From, well, from low to high, it would be C G D A E G. Why is that approximate? Because the 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 five lowest open strings are tuned to an interval of a perfect fifth, with the two highest strings in a minor third. Okay, I don't know what that means. Yeah, but so, so but it means that basically the highest strings have to be incredibly tight yes. and the lower strings have to be incredibly loose so you need a 56 for that low c um but you know if you think you've got to get what would be an e you've got to get that up to a g so right, you need wow, something okay. very thin on on the high end he does it he does it with a 10 but he has a high breaking rate on his strings right okay yeah, I mean, the seven-string regular slinky set sounds like it's probably the most I mean, applicable I, there. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. to 56. If you, if, if you remember... But I wanted to check that because, obviously, there is you didn't the need new... To, you didn't need to check it because there I is said now, it, and <laughs> as we've discussed, I'm king of the accessories. Because there is now a seven-string skinny top heavy bottom set, which there wasn't before, which are 13 to 62s. That, that is very exciting. Um, 10 to 62s. It, are we done on the strings? Yeah, sure, but... We, we're there on case. the strings, aren't we? Matthew Knight... I like talking about accessories. Yes. It's good. I haven't heard a lot from you this podcast. I want to. I want to hear your your lovely manly voice. I've just been cracking in with some the odd bit of bants, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then turning my microphone down. <laughs> Excellent. Well, okay. Oh, um, uh, let's 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 hear about um, uh, your bands. Some some pedals. Which ones? <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got loads. Okay, okay. Loads. I, I want to hear about these uh, Fox Gira newbies, Matt. That's that's what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So a brand that we don't talk enough about. Um, I didn't get a chance to see them at Nam, unfortunately, but they are doing some very very cool stuff at the moment. They seem to be in this wave of people creating pedals that 
a kind of like double boss size, I guess, like twin size pedals with a nice little screen with loads of um, pretty colours on them. Um, but really going in for the kind of high programming on the DSP side. So Fox Gear have announced this Anubi series, which is two different boxes, the ambient box and the modulation box. One is in pink, um, which sells it instantly um, based on now, this is something I don't know a huge amount about, but I've seen a few blogs pop up recently about it, about the FV1 digital processor. Um, now, I did do a bit of reading about this when we were going to talk about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's actually a processing chip that loads of companies use to program their DSP on. Um, I think because the processor is you know, very good, it sounds very good, and um, it's just a good platform. So what you have here is a completely stereo um, MIDI uh, capable pedal. So it's got 128 presets, programmable channels and all of that um, with a bunch of different modulation algorithms. So you've got on the modulation chorus, phaser, tremolo, Leslie, a polyphonic pitch shifter, which is cool. Um, and then you get some um, of the kind of standard ones on the ambient reverb, delay, shimmer, uh, and chorus you get all the octave um, stuff also on the on the reverb pedal though as well don't you yes they yeah. they've they've paired all of them together so think for example on the ambient you get reverb and delay reverb and chorus and stuff together um but what's really interesting that i think is quite different compared to anything else is you can actually mix in the amount of dry signal going through. This is um, this is an excellent feature on a pedal of this style to actually think about this as an issue. Yeah, so rather than just a mix control or a level control, you basically get um, a general mix of the complete analog uh, clean signal going all the way through. Plus, you get a digital mix um, at the same time. So you don't you just end up with like a digital preset. version of your tone. You've you've still got all. You your... still got the clean signal. Yeah, your proper yeah, so analog, you... and so you're just blending in these fantastic all the best bits of like a digital of digital multi effects with all the best bits of you know being able to retain your proper sound. Yeah, so what's interesting is you can go from 100% wet to completely bypass, Yeah. Um, basically, rather than just, you know, the pedals on, you're going through some of the circuitry, um, but you can't hear any of the effect. Effectively, because this is a complete uh, mix of the analog signal, you can turn the level all the way down and you're getting basically your normal guitar tone, which I think is very cool because that really helps dial in just the right amount um, for you know gigs or playing live or then taking it home but you can actually recall all those um settings as well i think from what i understand across the entire um preset range so you can have all your presets and you can dial in the clean mix and it will be the same across all the pedals very uh, cool all of the uh, presets that you've built in i really like the layout of uh, of this pedal as well yeah, I mean, it's super, super simple. I mean, they're keeping, as I said, you know, there's a few companies doing a similar thing at the, at the moment. But basically, um, stomp switch, which you'd expect. And then you've got a giant scroll um, knob in the middle, which 
I'm not sure is the best place for it because it feels like if you're trying to turn it on and off, you might just keep well, hitting. Uh, you I, might keep hitting it with your foot and then just scrolling through a bunch of random presets. I agree, but I kind of um, think the bypass the the bypass switch is there. If you know, it's just because they need to put it on there. No one's going to be buying this and not plumbing it into some sort of MIDI device. That's you know, if if you're going to get something that is such a because this is just a computer. This is a helix for people who still want to use their own pedals. You know that that's kind of the 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 type of multi effects that this is so i can't see anyone not you using this with an esa or something like that yeah but i still think you know you don't want to have to take it to a gig in emergency and then hit that switch and then no, you absolutely you're, you're absolutely right people should really think about where they're putting bypass switches just just in the same way that think i guess people should think about where 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 jack's jack inserts go on pedals you know so that they fit on pedal boards yeah, and just where you put your knobs. I would rather, I'd care more about that than where the jack socket goes. Right. Okay, fine. Fair just enough. Just saying. You know, look at Walrus moving to the side. It's where it needs to be. Walrus moving them um, to the side? Yeah, Walrus's new pedal had side jacks, not top mounted jacks. Oh, there you go. I just don't pay attention, Joe Branton. I just don't see why it's a problem. I know people get really well, wound up. I mean, up about your it, foot's right? the same size. Your foot is still the same size. Your foot is still the same size. So. Top or bottom, you'll still cover the whole thing. That's right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Now, uh, a brand of guitars that we uh, that we don't often um, cover in that much detail. ESP. ESP had a massive launch of uh, of guitars at at NAM this year. And the thing was, every week that we did a NAM episode, I planned to talk about them. Isn't this news like? Wait, this the press release that you've linked to came out six weeks ago. <laughs> Okay, so the press release I've linked to is actually the first tier because they did uh, they did three uh, three progressions, releases. three tiers of, re- of releases essentially. So so that was the first one, yes. And I meant to speak about that one for a couple of weeks, and then the second one came out. So I put that one on the on the list of things we we're going to talk about. We never got round to it, and then the third one we basically never got round to it for weeks and weeks. But now, of course, all three release ranges from esp have happened and my goodness they're absolutely fantastic and what a massive amount of guitars to put out um you know for 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 this year and some incredibly cool things as well i need to like all guitar nerds nerds should be very excited about the sc607 baritone which they have released in the finish known as purple satin which is more like a well, it is more like a mauvey sort of lavender, which is a fantastic colour. So this is and the it's a satin Stephen Carpenter signature, right? Yes, absolutely. So we've got like a through neck seven string with the, the, the Fishman Fluence pickups. Um, it, it looks absolutely, absolutely cracking. A wonderful um, new addition to the Stephen Carpenter uh, signature line. I've but, always thought they were good. The Stephen Carpenter guitars, uh, like I'm not uh, yeah. historically, I've not been a big fan of the ESP stuff. Not because there's anything wrong with it. It's just that they release a bunch of guitars that don't really appeal to me because yeah. you know I like like Tellys and Les Paul Juniors and that. Sure. Um, and uh, but I've always liked the Stephen Carpenter stuff. Oh it, yeah. I mean, they did what was it a seven string baritone? Yeah. You know? He plays a seven string baritone. Yeah. But the the thing that he had previously was a Telly style shape, and uh, I believe one came into GAC in large flake. Uh, green sparkle yeah amazing uh, awesome completely brilliant and you know the fact that this is seven string baritone is just incredibly cool 
this... like the fact that on their I was just looking at their custom shop gallery. I know it's not exactly new news, but someone's had one made in shell pink, uh, which does <laughs> look amazing. And then someone's had one done in multi. I guess I would call it multicolored pink sparkle oh. flake. That's, well, that's a uh, catchy sounding name, Matt. <laughs> yeah, but um, um, Matthew. No, I was I, I was I stopping that was not to you. interrupt you. Um, but yeah, definitely worth checking out the custom shop gallery on ESP because there is some pretty pretty unique guitars yeah. cropping up. Yeah, they do some absolutely fantastic stuff. Another one of my favourite models that's come out of the uh, the 2020 releases is their Mirage Deluxe 87. In that sort of line of you know Fender releasing the uh, the the HM Strats. This is. You know, I guess a similar thing. So a Floyd Rose mounted angled single coil, but it, sorry, an angled mini uh, humbucker, like a rails humbucker, like a rails humbucker in the neck, and then a and then humbucking in the bridge. Yeah, uh, I mean these are very, very much in line with the kind of Charvels that have come absolutely. out of the last few years, absolutely. and uh, yeah, the the HM Strat. I think that seems to be the big thing. And I think it, if you'd asked us five years ago what's going to be the trend in 2020, I think a return to kind of uh, Firstly, like fluorescent, but also like pastel coloured super strats. And everyone's into them in a big way. I would say, nah, it's not going to happen, mate. Yeah. But um, yeah, it turns out that they are all really cool. And um, yeah, I like these a lot. Two colours, pearl pink and turquoise. Yeah, absolutely. They look completely fantastic. Um, so I- much choice. If you want that type of guitar now, you know, there's all the Charvel stuff. There's these. Uh, you've got obviously the HM strats. Ibanez have probably done something as well, I'd imagine. You know, like a reissue well, of one I, of their I, old models. Ibanez are going more down a line of making the more modern things, aren't they? They've got so stuck into the... Um, I bet they've done something the, recently. Uh, uh, what was it called? The AZ a- a- models. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess they're not really far off that either. I mean, I don't... Well, it's know kind if... of a modern take on an 80s guitar, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't really know if there's any sort of colours that kind of fall in line with that. <gasps> I am on the Ibanez website now, and I have just seen that there is a new Paul Stanley cracked mirror... Uh, Iceman, but it's gold mirror. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that is still one? like seven grand? Like the um, other ones were. it probably is. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't got the price here. I don't think. Oh, um, but yeah, it's basically this, instead of the a regular mirror. Yeah, it's gold mirror with gold pickup surrounds. That is fourteen years bad luck, Paul Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Two Can you believe crack it? Mirrors. But yeah, uh, I'm just having a quick scout through Ibanez. I mean, there's a couple of models. They've got RG421 MSP, uh, which. Because it's an RG four to one, I'd imagine isn't a lot of money, and it is maple neck, two humbuckers, hardtail in like a kind of light green metallic uh, with matching headstock that looks absolutely amazing. Released wow. this year. Uh, let's have a look, see on the price. I see Matt. I think it's Matt who's shared from the custom shop gallery that, of course, ESP are the brand responsible for the Andrew WK Taco uh, guitar. Yeah, the yeah, guitar yeah, of with a body. The the shape of a taco where the back of the guitar is an eye. Um, so <laughs> this uh, RG41 MSP by Ibanez, I know we're deviating slightly from the uh, from the news here, but I think a potential gear of the year candidate may have gone really? under our radar. Yeah, it looks absolutely amazing. Um, and price-wise, it is £339. Wow. Um, it's in, uh, what, fin- what do they call this finish? Turquoise sparkle. Um, and, you know, it's just a basic RG, really. You know, it's a bolt-on maple neck, 
24 fret, two humbucker, you know, the hardtail. But it looks absolutely stunning. And if you're into this kind of, you know, throwback uh, super strat style guitar, that's not a lot of money. And it looks really, really good. Um, yeah, I think we should seek out one of these. We certainly should. Now, I, I can hear something in the distance. What's that? Oh, yes. That is, in fact, the question duck signaling that it is now time for the question segment of the podcast. So we're going to ask some questions from our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. First up, Matthew Spencer says, Fender seems to be really pushing Mustang basses at all price points. Are short scale basses finally entering the mainstream? No, next. Uh, the, what? <laughs> Are short scale bases finally entering the mainstream? Matt Knight. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, the only short scale base I <laughs> the only short scale base I ever wanted was the Bad Bats Maru Bronco, um, which is sadly discontinued. Oh, that was fantastic. So. The uh, the 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 Hello Kitty. I still want one base. Version. Jay, if you ever find one, I want a Bad Bats Maru. Bronco bass, please. Okay, I'll see what I can do, Matt. What do you think, Great. Jay? Thanks, Jay. You w- thanks, scale. everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Jay? Short scale basses. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're cool, aren't they? Um, I do agree that they do seem to be available at every price point now. Yeah. Um, for ages, I seem to remember that the only short scale bass you could get was the Squire Jaguar bass. No, always yeah. the Bronco. Well, well, um, not always the Bronco though. That's the thing. Like, yeah, there's a, there's always been an affinity Bronco. The Epiphone EBO. I mean, we're not talking just from inside fans. Yeah, yeah, that of course. Was yeah. But but yeah, there were there were there were not very many around. The Jack Bruce was that? Um, not Jack Bruce. Yeah, Jack Bruce. There was yeah. a there was a Jack Bruce. That was short scale, wasn't it? There, there was never a, Jack Bruce did play a short scale e, e, EB EB three, but. There okay. was never a Jack Boost signature from Epiphone or Gibson. No. Oh, you mean okay. Jack Cassidy? Jack Cassidy. Oh, Jack That's Cassidy. No, of. the Jack Cassidy's not short scale. Oh, That's right. full scale, actually. Yeah, the Jack Cassidy, which is the 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 old Les Paul bass, as it was known, even though it's kind of an offset three three five shape with his specially designed um, uh, impedance changing pickup in the uh, in the middle of the body. But no, that was actually a thirty four inch scale, unlike the bass it was based on, the Les Paul bass, as it was known, which was indeed a, a thirty point five inch scale length but short scale bases are appearing all over the place at the moment look at like even sire yeah brands yeah. like sire who have kind of come up and out of out of nowhere with their marcus miller liner bases they they've released a short scale range of bases um ibanez have done little short scale talman bases or yeah not, they're not quite talman they're sort of pj ish but they kind of look a bit they're like called that. tmbs aren't oh, they? Are they? So they are i oh, think okay. the talman base right. i was just looking i think actually there's a five string short scale available oh wow really? Which Ooh, i don't really know exciting. how exciting yeah no yeah, i do that I'll, let me look at that again the, but, uh, the top four strings are short and then the uh, <laughs> yeah it's like a banjo where yeah, one of them's yeah. different lengths to the rest of them um, um but for for me the best one available at the moment is the jmj Oh, of course, yeah. It's now available in black as yeah, well as so Lake Placid. That, yeah, so that is that looks amazing. And the JMJ and is a is a road worn yeah. Mustang. Road worn Mustang, yeah, that's right. And uh, it's got the proper uh, Mustang split coil pickup. Comes with um, flat wounds. 
Uh, well, I mean, you take those straight off, <laughs> put some real strings on there. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a that is a really really cool bass. I, I like the there's a performer as well, which I quite like, but I don't like that it's. Um, oh, the performer's M- got a MJ. Yeah, I guess you call got, it. Yeah, it's got a jazz bass pickup yeah. in the in the bridge. It's just superfluous. It looks it looks strange because they're always because Mustang always pickups are so teeny weeny. It looks weird when you put a, a, a normal size pickup on there as well. It just makes it look... for the same reason. I don't understand the players. Why are you putting a jazz bass pickup on there? Mustang bass. Must, sorry, precision bass pickup, fantastic. The best sounding pickup ever invented. It makes it very versatile. I certainly I don't, think. Joe, who playing a Mustang bass? Who, who wants playing, versatility? Who playing bass? Needs who versatility. playing bass needs versatility? Yeah, I mean, the, the PJ kind of makes sense as as to to be a, a broader church for more players. But I agree, the, the losing, precision bass is the best. Sounding you're losing instrument. that broad church when you go great, so, great, great, show, great TV great series. Show, Loved great it. David show. Tennant. Yeah, brilliant. what a legend? What, what are you talking about? Broad church. Broad church. Um, just yeah. to confirm the Ibanez TMB 35 five string available in uh, mint green is a short scale bass with five strings. Oh, that wow, that is exciting. very weird. 30 inch scale neck uh, and five what, strings. So. What, what does it say what string gauge it is? Uh, no, uh, yes, it does actually. <laughs> uh, 40, 45, 65, 85, 105, 130. Oh, really? Oh, wow, so yeah, it's, yeah. Pretty, it's proper crikey. They're going to be. Uh, I, I'd want a heavier gauge than that for, well, yeah. for, if for that scale length. If it's really. short scale, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Be interesting to see the, um, how they've pulled it off. The uh, bass player from uh, a band called TTNG uh, plays a. I love that show. Best Star Trek series. It's <laughs> <laughs> this, this Town Needs Guns, but they changed okay. it. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's the, the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> That's so annoyed you beat okay, me to it. Wonderful. Um, anyway, the the bass player in that band actually plays the short scale Jaguar bass, but the four string. But he's taken off the bridge and redrilled it to be a five string. All oh, right. So, okay. Yeah. How do the strings all fit on the yeah, neck? Yeah, just about. I mean, he plays it in very much a similar Wait, way to a that, that you would play a, a bass six. Another machine head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> well, we didn't need to do that now. No, I know. have got a solution for him. <laughs> I just should tell him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Anyway. I'm sure uh, that there's loads of uh, loads of demand on the second-hand market for a, uh, <laughs> a five uh, converted five-string Squire Jaguar bass. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, we are, uh, we are drawing towards the end of this week's free episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, listen to an entire extra episode of Guitar Nerds every week over on our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can also find it in the description of this podcast episode. This week on our Patreon, we're going to be doing the first of our 10-part Gear of the Decade series of podcasts each week we're going to be totting up the best bits from 2010 through to 2019 which we kind of already know from year of the year and then we're going to be deciding on the best guitar products of the entire decade over the next whatever you know nearly three months to become a patreon supporter it costs only a dollar a month and you can enjoy the podcast ad free and early every week plus be a part of our live audience and participate in our semi-regular guitar nerds live episodes at the five dollar tier you can enjoy an entire extra episode every week plus access to our entire back catalogue of mini series like the mini series mini series series is is like the question totally hole, barcodes and the Friday special. Is at the ten dollar tier you can become an executive producer and enjoy all these benefits. Plus, 
you get the prestigious honour of having your name featured in our podcast outro song, sung by me. Follow us on all the major social platforms at Guitar Nerds and join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Bye-bye. Cheers, gang. Bye. <laughs> Jeffrey Wax and Eric Hammer, Mario Turan and Brian Einsler, Gavin Van der Linden, Jacob McGee, Marcus Alcadawaki and Stuart Robson, Robin Butterworth and Neil Milton, Rob Marstow and Christian Lund Hansen, Keith Adams and Eric Farr, Andrew Goodman Peters, Richard Sudworth. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.